This episode has adult language. Please wear any headphones if you have any kiddos nearby. Hello, and welcome to the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. I'm Tamara, a photographer and creative director for beauty, wellness, and lifestyle brands and professionals, and your host of Real Talk with Tamara. So this podcast covers actionable, down-to-earth business and lifestyle advice for creative entrepreneurs who aspire to make an impact in their communities while keeping it real, of course. A little housekeeping before we get into it. Please follow or subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And comments are currency, so please leave a comment. You may just get a shout out on an upcoming episode. Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. This one is really special, not to say that any of my other episodes were not as special, but this was my first time hosting a live recording of the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. This was a really great way to connect with listeners, but also celebrate six months of the podcast, which is hard to believe it's already been six months, but here we are. My guest for this episode was my friend and fellow boss in charge, Sakita Holly. Sakita is an award-winning publicist and the founder and CEO of House of Success PR, an award-winning firm that launched nine years ago. The topic we discussed was how to increase your visibility and thrive and build resilience in an unpredictable environment. And this is definitely something me and Sakita are familiar with. What's really special is we've seen each other grow up and build our businesses from the very beginning. We graduated a year apart from Howard University. I graduated in 2008, she graduated in 2009, and we've been in the thick of building our businesses while dismantling our own limiting beliefs and growing together, and it's been really amazing to see. We talked for about 90 minutes, but I narrowed it down to about 70 or so, and honestly, we could have gone a little bit longer. We covered so many things. We talked about how it was in the very beginning, how done really is better than perfect, why it's important to give someone their flowers while they're still here, the importance of networking laterally, and actually building with people you like, some relationship advice, and so, so, so much more. So I'm going to stop talking, and you can grab your favorite drink or cocktail and settle in for what was an amazing conversation. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. What I wanna do is to officially welcome everyone to this live recording of the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. Sakita, I'm so happy to have you here. If you don't mind, I'm just gonna tell the people if they don't know who you are, I'm gonna tell them who you are. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, okay. Yeah. So again, um, let, me run, let me run down your credentials. Uh, let, me, let me sit back. <laughs> We laugh all the time, y'all. So please, I'm not apologizing for that. I'm just letting you know this is just like we are. We're really friends. We're really friends, y'all. Not just on the gram. Okay, so Sakita Holly is an award-winning publicist and the founder slash CEO of House of Success PR. This nine-year-old firm has worked with a wide array of clients that include Lester's Pink, African Pride, Lotta Body, Kinky Curly Yaki. Harlem Arts Festival, Heat Free Hair, and more. 
In addition to her PR work, she also hosts a very popular business podcast called Hashtags and Stilettos. Please check it out, which is designed to help millennial women when at work, in business, and everywhere in between. Sakita has been featured by Essence Magazine, Black Enterprise, Women's Biz Journals, XO Nicole, and more for her B PR and business expertise. In 2017, Sakita was named as one of PR Week's 40 under 40 honorees, and she is a proud graduate of Howard University. Whoop! And you can find her and follow her on social media at Miss Success, I believe, across all platforms. So Instagram yep. and Twitter. Mm -hmm. And if you need to know the spelling of Miss Success, it's M I S S success, like I'm winning. So S U C C E S S. All right. So this conversation, we're talking about actually two things. So we're talking about visibility and also the key to persevering in the midst of adversities when you are growing your business um, and then turning that into the ability to thrive in your business. And I think that's something that we both know very well and very intimately. Um, and what's really special about having this conversation with you is that, you know, we have really grown up together. <laughs> over the past over 10 years yeah I feel like mm -hmm. we, we continue to grow in our respective fields so my first question actually puts us post Howard so we're okay. both you know we both graduated I graduated a year before you did mm -hmm. you graduated in 2009 you graduated at the time of the Great Recession mm -hmm. actually um, and your entrepreneurial journey started a few years actually before I did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and you worked for a company um, based out of Jersey. I, credential. Credential yeah. Financial. Mm -hmm. it was credential Financial. And I want to know, like, can you share with the audience, like, what was your thought process, which is what you were starting to lead into? What was your thought process around that decision to mm -hmm. just really say, you know, I'm going to bet on myself especially during the Great Recession, which lasted about two years? Like, what was the thought process around that? That's a great question, just given the moment that we're in, yeah. right? So I'm sure, and, and guys, please be active in the chat because we are going to, you know, take a peek. Um, but touch and agree in the chat if you guys feel anything that we're saying. But right now, we're in, like, an uncertain moment. So during the recession, we had never experienced anything like that. We're graduating, we're like excited to go into the world and people are losing their jobs. Like everything that's happening now happened then um, on, a, on a different scale, but for new graduates, people weren't necessarily hiring. So I remember maybe six months, starting six months before graduation, I was going to job fairs, I was talking to PR firms, recruiters, and I applied for probably over 50 over 50 jobs. I had like an Excel spreadsheet. I had multiple interviews, but Prudential Financial was the one, the one that I got because I, instead of an entry level position, I applied for their corporate internship program and it, it paid really well. But for me, it was like, while everybody else was like, okay, I can't find a job. I was like, oh no, I'm getting a job. And I don't care if it's a perceived step backwards for me to start in an internship level. I think at the time I was making like $16 an hour as an, as an intern, post-grad intern. So 
I was just like, I'm just going to go there, do my thing. And to um, their credit, the vice president of um, the, at the time was a Howard, is a Howard grad. Mm-hmm. And I remember she reached out to Ms. Dudley. If you're from Howard, you know, that's like the career savant, um, you know, for students at Howard. And Ms. Dudley was like, oh, they're looking for, you know, a PR um, person. We connected. I interviewed, was competing with multiple people, but got the, ended up getting the job. Uh, about six to eight months later, I did a great job. I was when I interviewed, they were like, okay, what are you doing after this? I was like, I'm, I'm going to be here. I'm not leaving. <laughs> like, y'all don't understand. Y'all giving me a job. So they did create like a salary position for me, which was great. Went through the whole negotiating process, whatever. That's a whole nother story. But about two years into this experience, I'm now on salary. I was just like, I don't want to you know, cause I don't want to do this. I had done about seven internships while I was at Howard and a lot of them were in entertainment, lifestyle, those kind of more exciting industries than financial services or insurance or retirement. And I was just like, okay, if I'm going to start my firm, I can take the leap now and try it because if I fall flat on my face, I can definitely go and find another job. And I was 23 at the time. And my thought process was I was terrified. I was broke and, but I was committed to the decision. So I I set a quit date again, six months in advance. I was like, okay, at the end of the year, I'm quitting. I didn't tell a soul like, you know, you and I were talking often and I didn't, you knew that this is something I wanted to do. I didn't tell my grandmother. I didn't, because I didn't want anybody. I was so afraid. I didn't want anybody to put doubt or fear on me because I already had enough of that. And I was just like, I'm taking a leap. It is what it is. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Like, because I, I, I feel like in the, type of society that we're in, in terms of social media, we get really excited when we come up with an idea, we get really excited to share that idea, right? And the, mm-hmm. the essence of building community, um, in the essence of maybe even inspiring someone, but sometimes it's okay to keep some of the cards close to your chest. If that means that's not going to deter you from the decision that you want to make, because it was a out there decision. I mean, even when you and I used to talk about it, because my mindset really wasn't on entrepreneurship right? at that time. Like, I remember you would come to my small ass studio apartment talking about, yeah, I'm going to leave my job. And this is during the Great Recession. And I was looking at you like you was crazy. And like, I appreciated you for sharing just enough so that I can support you, right. but not deter you, mm-hmm. right? Because it's really important when someone is saying, you know, I'm about to do something really crazy. You do not want to have people around you that's going to tell you, nah, don't do that, right? right. The last thing you want to do is have resentment for the people, you know, that you love mm-hmm. because they're afraid, right? So you don't want that person's fear to really seep into your decisions because if that's going to stop you from living your purpose, living in your truth, you know, going down the path, whatever that looks like for you, like it's going to lead <clears throat> and, and, and regret, right? right. Like no one wants to live with that, you know, down the line at the end of their lives. Um, 
So that's, that's really important that you share. Like, you don't need to say everything. Like, you can keep it close to the chest. Moving on to that, you know, like I said, you started your business at a time where there weren't a lot of Black women specifically being highlighted as entrepreneurs. So yes, they were being highlighted in high profile positions, but that was necessary right. in a corporate ladder, right? So not necessarily the non-traditional path of business, um, which is why we always say to this day that representation matters in our society. Um, and so how did you ignore naysayers, you know, myself included, kind of in a way, mm -hmm. um, or critics, you know, who were maybe a little bit judgmental of your decision of stepping out on your own to start your own firm? I don't, you know, what's interesting is that I didn't ignore it. Like, I felt the exact same way. Like, it was crazy as hell. Um, I'm grateful for the naivete that I had at that time because I knew, okay, I don't have any money. Like, I have about a month of expenses saved up. I have, like, pennies in a 401k that I'm going to have to cash out. I don't have any clients at the time that I quit. Like, please understand, I was walling. <laughs> like, there's, there's no, there's no other way to put it other than like I, I was placing the biggest bet on myself because I literally was like, okay, I could lose my car, I could lose my apartment, I could lose whatever, whatever, but I can get it back. Hmm. The interesting thing was I had never gone through, I was able to do it at that time because I had never gone through the pain of not being able to pay bills for real, for real. You know, I had never gone through the pain of like everything that I had worked for being snatched. But after launching, there were periods of time where I couldn't pay my rent for months. I couldn't pay my bill. Literally, I just, every time I came home or left, I was under this fear or this anxiety that, you know, you know, in old cartoons where they drop the net on the and it's just mad stupid. I just knew, like, every time I walked into the bank, I ain't had no money. Every time I went home, I just knew they was going to drop the net on me and be like, okay, bitch, it's over. Like, that's it. <laughs> time to go. <laughs> um, but I was, I was just so, once I decided, like, I always say, you know, I always say decide and conquer. Mm. Once I made the decision, you couldn't change my you mind. Tell, you couldn't tell you otherwise. And, and that's because I, I had kind of thought, like, am I prepared to lose these things? And I mean, at, at the age that I am now, now nine years in the game, thinking about what the next leap of my life looks like, I'm yearning for that spirit that I had when I was 23, because now I have more responsibilities, more whatever, a team. So I'm, I have more things to think about. I don't have children yet, but it's just like, I want to, I want to be that fearless. I was afraid, but I was fearless. Like if I lose it all, okay, cool. I'll get it back. So I'm trying to remember and get into that headspace because now I'm scared of everything. I'm like, don't touch me. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing, I ain't taking no risks. I ain't even jumping off a curb. Okay. <laughs> like, but we have to try to maintain that sense of like 
adventure or that's that childlike daring that allowed us to pursue what we're doing in the first place mm -hmm. it's a childlike wonder yeah and you know <clears throat> you maybe we're just both crazy because yeah, I, I, I mean we are I, you know the thing it's so funny that you said that like what was i willing to sacrifice you know every person that has accepted a challenge or accepted a risk has had that conversation with themselves mm -hmm. i have had that conversation with myself you know when i decided to move to dc i didn't tell anyone only damn, damn sure did <laughs> no you you gave me a heads up like right before you moved. i gave you a heads up but it, it was, was over you there was no like talking you out of it or being like no, no stay you were like i'm i'm out i'm out you make the decision and then you figure it out Th that really is really all that it comes down to and it's the conversation that a lot of people have is i know i am risking it all right now Mm -hmm. so, so how much am I willing to sacrifice? And everyone has their own list of what they're willing to sacrifice, right? Yeah. For me at the time, <laughs> the risk was, you know, I'm willing to not have my own place if it means I can experience a level of freedom and flexibility in building a business and a life that I love. That was, that was my bottom, right? Um, so I think when people go into entrepreneurship or they're like teeter tottering, you know, on that line, that thin rope of like, well, I don't know, should I, should I stay where I am? Should I go pursue this dream? It really comes down to a decision, mm -hmm. right? And you have to be convicted in that decision. You can't ask people because it's not their life. It's your life. Can I jump in? There are two, th two things you said. I want to go back to what I was going to say earlier. When I was 23 and I was like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I really felt that entrepreneurship, and I, I do feel this, but like entrepreneurship is like the path to wealth. It's a, it's a path mm -hmm. to, you know, just prosperity in your own life. It even wealth on your own terms, let's say that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I felt that it was something that everyone should look into everyone should consider because i really when i was at my job it bothered me that there were people that could control my trajectory mm. like i had worked so hard up until that point and no i don't think i should be the ceo of prudential financial but i should have been at different places in my career i felt like i should have been a little bit further ahead but there were people who were saying hmm, not right now. Mm -hmm. Like literally just being able to just say no, or this is the amount of money we're going to pay you. And I just felt like I wanted to be in control of my destiny. But now having experienced entrepreneurship, but also experienced life a little bit, I don't think everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I think, and, and, and I think the conversation should shift in terms of the the positives of both of being an entrepreneur and the positives of, positives of being an employee what's so crazy is that i'm an entrepreneur but do you know now and not now as in like pandemic time but now within the, the last decade this is like the best time to work for a company because companies are trying new things they're like 
there's social media, there's all these new things that you can do. And we see people, you know, at the Googles, at the Netflixes, at wherever, changing culture from within mm-hmm. a company. Be, they're being entrepreneurs. And, and they're disrupting as well. And, and they're disrupting. And it's like, I'm, I'm able to do a little bit of that representing brands, but I'm like, damn, imagine if I was an employee of one of these companies, I'd be in there losing my mind at the opportunity because not only is there opportunity, but you are able to leverage the company's resources to, to bring your ideas and your dreams for them to life. So I think that that's, that's powerful. You do not have to be an entrepreneur. The other thing you talked about is sacrifices. In the beginning, I was like, you know, again, I hadn't experienced the pain of going through not being able to pay my bills for months at a time, fearing that every day I'm going to get evicted or overdraft fees, whatever. I hadn't gone through that yet. So I was ready to risk it all. Now at this point in my life where I'm like, okay, I want to get married at some point. I want to have kids. I want to own a house. I want to do all these things. Also, I've worked so hard that I had to check myself recently because I don't want to fucking sacrifice no more. I hit a point where I don't want to sacrifice shit. I want it all. <laughs> like, I, I want everything that I've worked hard for. I want to be able to get up and travel. I want to be able to, you know, buy something for myself that's nice. I want to be able to go out to a restaurant. I want to I do everything that I want to do, right? Mm-hmm. But then I had to sit back and I had to be like, okay, how much of, it, how much of that is ego? How much of that is is your ego thinking that again you you don't want to you don't want to get you don't want to fall into a situation where you value the trappings more than what you're actually doing more than what you're putting into the world so i'm i'm right now actively reevaluating what am i willing to sacrifice to take another leap of faith because i have other dreams in me that are beyond pr for businesses that i want to launch or things that i want to do and i'm afraid mm-hmm. and and i have to get into that mindset of 23 year old sakita who was with the shits who <laughs> was like we out was good, you know, and, and I think it's hard when you, when you've gotten to a certain level to start over. Mm. So that's something I think we can all kind of think about is like you said, what, what are you willing to sacrifice to get to that goal? Yeah. And, and also understand like this conversation is cyclical, like having that question with yourself, because you're going to hit your level, right? Consistently, every level you're going to hit, it's almost like you're in a video game, right? And with every level unlocks, you know, the keys to the kingdom. Right. And, and eventually you say to yourself, okay, I've hit this level, what's next? And I think that's just a natural thing when you aspire for more, when you have ambitions and you want to, you know, carve out a life that maybe you have not seen. Like you are literally the blueprint for a lifestyle that maybe does not exist, right? So like we have examples of success, yes, but not necessarily in the way that we want it. And so it is okay to have those questions of, okay, well, are my goals the same, Mm. right? 
Mm-hmm. Is it an ego thing, right? And it's so crazy because, I mean, that is a conversation that I'm having with myself right now. You know, I, I had a come to Jesus. Well, I've been having several come to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is in the room. Jesus <laughs> is in the room, folks. <laughs> um, I've had several conversations. It's really um, forced me to check my desires and really understand like is this desire coming from a place of wanting to be recognized wanting that outside validation or is it because this is something that i feel i've been ordained to do right does it really matter the amount of money can i live a life that i really want and not necessarily be a millionaire the answer is yes if you have better financial um stewardessness but you know these are normal questions to have right? right these are if if you're not asking yourself these questions you're not really going to be open to learning new things like i i love the idea of being afraid right like okay. I, I, crazy i, <laughs> I like i, I mean you know, okay. you know what because i'm scared i'm literally scared you're scared of everything like i mean no. i have to pull teeth to get you onto here so listen if, the, if anybody knows me in the chat y'all know i do not do on camera stuff but we here we here so you know i for me but i understand the the one of the rush of doing something new and being excited about it um but also understand like you have to check it. Like you have to check your ego. Like is this from an ego or is this coming from a place of purpose? The next question, actually I'm gonna skip a little bit. Okay. So I would say that just as important as doing the work, it's building relationships. Yes. um, In your business because, and that's something that you actually talked about on your Instagram actually a couple of days ago is that one of the cornerstones of your business is building strong, genuine relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want you to kind of talk about two things. Okay. How important was relationship building in the infancy stages of your business? I'm sure it is still important. But then also, what are three ways that people can begin cultivating genuine relationships to help them in their business right now? Great question. So in the beginning of my business, I had relationships, right? So I know people um, and I knew people in the industries that I wanted to go into in terms of client representation, the type of brands that I wanted to work with. What's interesting is that when you're starting out, you may have those relationships, but you you don't have any results. You don't have any receipts at the time. Like people may have seen you do work in a certain realm, but they're not just going, they're not yet going to jump out a window for you to refer you to opportunity or to bring you closer to, to your goal. And a lot of people are, are in that place now. They're starting out and they feel like, damn, I got, I know y'all. but y'all not reaching in to like lay hands on me and say, okay, let me call up this person or let me, let me bring, you know, because people need to see, and and I hate that it's this way sometimes. um, But I I do also think that there's an important um, aspect of the waiting while you're waiting for people to support you. Um, They need to see, are you in it? Are you in it? Are you actually 
in it. Are you really going to do this? Because I've, you know, people said they wanted jobs or whatever, just many things. And I, I'm so gracious to the point. And I, this is all the only way I know how to operate. I will pick up the phone and say, okay, if you want to do this, I, I know somebody that can, and I'll connect that person and then they don't follow through. Mm-hmm. So then it's kind of like, Okay, well, now you got me out here looking crazy. So I think in the beginning, you may have all the relationships and what you should do is communicate your desires, communicate that your plan, this is what I plan to do. Um, You know, and you don't necessarily have to ask them for anything, but just say, please keep me in mind please pay, you know, keep an eye on what I have going on, or maybe just check in with them and say, hey, for the, over the last six months, I've launched a podcast. I've had these, this amount of guests on, this has been the reception. Um, you know, and I think you can connect me to interviewing bigger entrepreneurs, but I just wanted to let you know, this is what I've done for, here's, here's the work that I've done. So that's in the infancy. Communicate, let people know what you want to do. There's this thing where you shouldn't communicate your dreams, but I think once you've decided in yourself that it, this is what it is, nobody should be able to move you. Mm. So you should be able to go into a room or with somebody that may be able to help you at some point and say, this is what I'm going to do. You remember we used to sit in your apartment, Tamara, and woo, we thought so highly <laughs> of ourselves. <laughs> you, you, you know, woo, we just, you know, you, and the thing is, is that we weren't beyond our bridges at the time. We weren't saying like, oh, we're the best PR person or at the time stylist or whatever it was, but we knew we were damn good because we wanted to be good and we worked to be good. So at the level where we were at, we were very confident in our abilities. We may not have had confidence in the sales piece or the pitch yet, but in the abilities, you couldn't. You, I mean, there was no question. You you couldn't. You, you couldn't tell. Life. You couldn't tell us a thing. And there was a lot to learn. There was a lot that we have learned. But at, at every level, it's like I know what I know. Um, so now, as we think about relationships, um, there's so we have access to everybody. We know what Oprah's kitchen look like. You know, we can we can send her a message. She may not respond, but what I say is that you don't necessarily have to have direct access to somebody to learn from them. Mm-hmm. You can listen to a podcast. You can watch all of their interviews. You can pay attention to how they navigate and move through the room. Like, how do they, this, this, it can be whoever, okay, why are they choosing those business deals? Why are they turning down those business deals? Okay they their back was up against the wall and that in that realm here's how they handled it like if you open your eyes you can literally pay it you can learn so much and when it comes to read i used to read people's biographies because all the things we want to learn their 30 40 50 60 plus years of life is in that book Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm consuming all this information but it's also like look around at your peers and you know we've talked about this all the time it's like any i've seen every stage of your career and at every stage i'm like okay how can i help tamara or what can i do and when i was able to hire your you or your business i've done so every give me the budget i'm going straight to my people you know and when i can't i i can't 
so I think it's really about how can, when you think about relationships in networking, everyone thinks about the transaction. They're like, okay, well, Tamara has these connections or she knows Sakita, so I want to get close to Tamara so I can get to Sakita. There's a, there's an easier way to do that. That's much more genuine. Like just actually fuck with the people you fuck with. <laughs> like, you know, excuse, you know, excuse my language, but if you are genuine fans of people's work, tell them that is really the opening to building a relationship. It's like, I see you, I support you. Maybe I'm sharing something that you do. Maybe I'm sending you an opportunity or sending you something that I thought might be helpful to you. Um, and then you, you grow over time. Once people see that they might start engaging with you and then you look up and you have a friend. And then once you get a budget, now you can go and hire your friend who you've been a fan of. So I think people should just think about what value can I add or building a community or a network or an ecosystem that you actually want to live in. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to surround themselves with the person of the moment or the people that they think got it, but they're not really aligned with who you even are. They're not even aligned with your values. You just think that they can get you to the front of the line. So I'm just gonna close out by saying, seek out authentic exchanges. Follow the people you actually are fans of, that you actually like their work, and just pay attention to what they're doing. Talk to them, ask questions sparingly. Like, you know, don't don't just be asking. Don't make it a consultation. Yeah, yeah, don't don't make it a consultation or, you know, like I just wanna, you know, get you to tell me everything you know, but genuinely look at how they engage and figure out how you can kind of fit into that, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, that was just word upon word dropped in that whole that whole passage that you shared. And it it reminds me actually of like one of the relationships that I have, not just with you, but um not to not to drop this as a as a plug, but why Lori. Mm -hmm. If you guys aren't uh, familiar with why Lori, she's a VP of marketing for Eden Body Works. And I mean, she is definitely a woman to have in your corner. For and sure. I remember we first connected on Twitter. I, w I wasn't even trying to work with Eden Body Works. It actually wasn't even on my radar mm -hmm. to consider reaching out to them. It was just, we found each other on Twitter. And what's interesting, she actually found you after we did Lotta Body. Cause she's somebody that obviously I work in a beauty space. So yeah. we were connected. And of course, whenever, that's another thing you can do. If you work with somebody, shout it out loud. Like whenever we work together, once I get the, you know, green light and something's out there, I'm sharing like, oh, this is Tamara. Like this is Darden Creative who did this. And I know a lot of the people follow me are like, oh, well, who's Tamara? <laughs> like, you know, cause this is fire. Um, but I know that, you know, and why Lori, she reached out on her own. She didn't necessarily need to go through me, but again, we have to, if we're not sharing our work, how can somebody like that see it organically to even reach out to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and also don't expect, and you've, you've said this, or you have said something similar to this, but don't expect the first interaction to be the moment where now you're going to exchange business. Mm -hmm. 
right? Like if you want this to be a genuine, genuine interaction, get to know that person, right? Right. Um, support what they're doing. You don't necessarily have to support them monetarily. It can just be like you said, a shout out. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be asking them, Hey, how are you doing? Right. And making sure that it's something that you truly mean from the heart. Don't go into a situation now expecting them to pretty much give you the keys of the kingdom. Right. Because they want to make sure that once they vouch for you, right. Like it's not just you that they're vouching for. It's also their word that they're vouching for. Right. Exactly. So they need to make sure that they can confidently vouch for you by you continuing to do the work. So um, thank you for that breakdown. Um, can, can I say one more thing about support? Yeah. So, and this is, this happens, um, there was a popular blogger who I, I had, I never heard of this person. I never saw any of her content. I just had no idea of who she was until she passed away. Mm. When she passed away, the entire community that I guess she was a part of, which I happen to follow a lot of them, everyone shared their memories of her. Everyone shared her photo, the things that they loved most. And I'm like, what if y'all did this when she was alive? Not that, you know, that's not what, you know, what was the reason for her passing, but it just struck me that this is like the way it was like a, a wave. It was a wave. And I think oh, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was a wave of everybody reposting her photos or, re, you know, just sharing things on their platform. And everybody's so stingy with their grid and their pages and their Instagram stories. But when somebody passes, we don't mind it's okay to share and i'm just like what if we had that energy for each other now and that's why i've even begun to share more like i'm i'm always super supportive but i'm like how can i do more mm-hmm. how can it it takes nothing from me yes it might break up what i thought was the sequence of posts or stories or whatever but it's like i want to do more of that because and it, it it's if it's something that I believe in or a person that I believe in, then I think that there's going to be somebody in my audience who may want to check it out too, or may learn about it. But that struck, that moment really bothered me just in, in, I don't think no one was wrong, but I just think it's a mindset as society where it's like, yeah, I was, I may have commented on all of her posts, but I could have really, and I mean, she, she was super popular on her own, but like, if that many people were lifting you up while you were alive, come, are you kidding me? Like, imagine if we did that for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we started something in So Crazy 2020, Industry 2020. In 2010, we started this little group that we were like, all of us are going to be household names by 2020. And we kind of are, we, we made it happen. But the point of it was that we are, we each have a piece of somebody else's puzzle. And if we focus on what we can bring to each other, we can rise together. So you remember we would meet in my apartment or wherever and we would yeah, say, okay. Yeah, like, I think like once a month, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it would be like, okay, well, who's having an event? What are you guys doing? Okay, we will all go to the event. We will all talk about the event. We will all, and it was just like, it's so powerful when you're moving in a unit like that. 
Because who, if everybody's supporting and everybody's adding to it, I mean, I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's like the rising tide lifts all boats thing, right? Like, exactly. And also, like, give me my flowers while I'm still alive. You telling me when I'm dead that I was just this inspiration and, you know, helped you start your business, I'm dead. I'm not going to hear it, right? Um, and also, especially, you know, a lot of us in this room, I believe all of us in this room are Black women right? We, we get told time and time again, or we're not told at all just how powerful we really are, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of the times we have to uplift one another because yeah. we're not necessarily getting that validation from other people that are probably profiting mm. or exploiting our culture, Right. Yep. So the only way that we're able to preserve our culture to uplift one another is if we actively do that while we are still here. Yeah. No one is going to do that for us. Right. Mm -hmm. That is that is our responsibility to each other. Yeah, I agree. And, and even saying it now, I'm just thinking, OK, well, how can I do more? Yeah. And I think that's something that we should all think about, especially now at this time. It's let's, we have to kind of hold hands, close our eyes and kind of take this leap or just walk forward together so that we can all get through this and, you know, make it to the other side of, you know, the unknown at this point. Yeah. Woo, this is a good conversation, y'all. I got like 18 more. I'm, I'm being facetious. <laughs> I don't have 18 more questions, but I do have a few more. Okay. Um, so we talked about, you know, doing the work. We talked about building genuine relationships. Um, but let's kind of transition a little bit to just the personal branding aspect of growing your brand. Because, you know, I know you. Yeah. Right? Um, but aside from being the, you know, founder and CEO of, you know, a PR company, award-winning PR company, and you are the founder of Hashtags and Stilettos, I also know that I can say anything or choose any topic about music and you're going to give me a song, right? The perfect Absolutely. song for any occasion, right? Like mm -hmm. I have seen that. And I, I bring this up because I feel like you have been able to grow a brand that goes beyond PR, right? Mm -hmm. You are sharing as fearful as you may be, you are also sharing your own personal interest. Right. Um, so how important was it for you? Or what was the decision that made you say, you know what, I want to share more of my story and my interests so that I am leveraging my own brand's equity? What's interesting is that it wasn't as, as strategic as I am about everything. <laughs> it wasn't a strategic decision um, to, to start sharing more. It was kind of like I realized at one point that I wasn't saying much of anything. Like I, I rarely take pictures or post pictures. You know, I've been working on it for the last couple of years, so y'all can't say a, a thing. In that, I was just like, people have no idea like who I am like I'm funny <laughs> like I'm I'm hilarious like I'm like I'm funny as hell like and people and people have no clue like what 
Um, and I also, you know, I really love music. Um, I'm able to kind of like share my humor and like the memes I post. Like I also got a meme for everything. Yeah, the um, meme for everything, y'all. For, for everything. And I, I just think this is such an important question because now I still get people coming to me and there's going to be people in, in the room who likely are in a position where they feel like, should I have two social media accounts separate? Should I have one focused on my career and then another where I'm just like, you know, but it's like, you can do both. Like, yes, there's some things that I would want to post that I'm just not going to post. Like, you know, my friends know, like they know the vibes and sometimes the vibes can be kept in real life. You don't have to share everything online, but I think with opening up more about like, I really love music. Like if you are with me in real life you know i'm playing music and i have a candle lit like that is just my brand like it it's it's a part of me so to not share that um and luckily with stories and as these more as more features become available it's easier to share um you know my passions in that way but i think it, it helps because I'm a workaholic. Like I've been working and you can identify with this. Like I've been working since I was 14. So a lot of people in the beginning of my business and I think still now, they see me as like a robot and or they see me as like a robot. This is just somebody who just works. Like she doesn't do anything. And I've had people come to me, like, you know, my desires. I want to get married. I want to have kids. I love kids. Like I, you know, I know I'm going to be a great mom, all those things, but I've had people come to me and say, you know, work is not everything. Have you thought about having a boyfriend? I was like, I'm, I was just in a relationship for a year. Like y'all don't know that because I, you know, that's something that I, I kind of kept to myself. Um, but it's interesting that we, we live in a time where if you don't share it, people think it's not happening. So I think it's important to kind of find your balance, whatever that is, and sharing, you know, online because I've gotten, when it comes to business, people work with who they like in a, in a lot of ways, or they work with somebody who they can identify with, or they feel like their values are aligned. So I try to share that but also I just want people to not be afraid to reach out to me because I I've been in this business for so long and it's so crazy I've become the person that I looked up to when I was starting out so there's people that you know they come to me in the ways that I will go to other people and I'm in awe of that but I also want to let them know like you don't have to be like any any one thing you can be yourself and you can win mm. yeah i i think uh it, it's so funny that you say like you are in the position of where you wanted to be now right and i think a lot of people they tend to look at people on instagram almost as if they're demigods mm-hmm like, you know, I, I don't feel too comfortable talking to her. I don't know if she'll accept me. I don't know if she'll understand this joke. First of all, I think we can all agree, like, common sense and decency is going to trump everything else. So if it's right. something that you wouldn't tell your homegirl, if it's something that you probably wouldn't tell your mama, mm -hmm. don't think you can tell that shit to me. Right. <laughs> like, I'm going to put you in your place. Right. But it's something like, oh my God, like I love donuts. Like you can tell me that. Like I'm not right. going to ignore you or block you and be like, oh my God, that's crazy. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's, there's two parts of it. So there's the story we tell ourselves, like you just said, like, oh, I don't think I can reach out to her. Okay. Um, but then there's also, and the onus is on us to make sure that, and, and again, people can do what they want. There's, right. there's a lot of people who have built up a platform and they don't want to be, they don't want to talk to y'all. They don't want to be bothered. They don't want, they don't want to be bothered. Comments off. Listen, listen, when I turned my comments off, I think it was earlier this year, it was the most peaceful <laughs> time of my life. Like, and I'm not even like, I don't even have huge numbers, but people comment on everything, pretty much everything I post, which is not an issue, but it was just beautiful to just be able to post things and not have to look at notifications, etc. So, you know, I think that goes into the idea of boundaries. Yeah. Right. So not necessarily um, not feeling like you can't post anything, but mm -hmm. I that there's a boundary between some things that you're just not willing to share and you don't have to, mm -hmm. right? Like, do you know who my man is going to determine whether or not you work with me? No, like it's none of your business if I'm dating somebody or if I'm not dating somebody. Right. But right? What's, what's interesting about, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, no, no. It, it's, it's, I agree with you. I, I think it's a, it's boundaries that need to be set. And I yeah. think, there are some people who do a really great job of putting that boundary down. Mm -hmm. um, like, it's, it's so funny to me because, you know, I, I see people who get like a lot of nasty comments on mm -hmm. their, on their post or maybe in their yeah. DMs. And I'm like, I don't really get that. And maybe I haven't made it yet, but I'm like, I don't get that. I, I feel like <laughs> if you set the tone of whatever your platform is, whatever your mm -hmm. brand is, like that just sets the standard for anyone that's going to follow you on this journey. I, I agree, but also I in mean, a way, there's, people, there's, people, people, people just crazy. People are just crazy. They'll just come out the mouth and you still gotta, you know. And there's a, there's a sense of entitlement in, yeah. with, with social media where people just feel like, okay, well, I've helped you build this platform, so you owe me information, but what's funny about the boundaries and me not talking about my relationship at the time, um, I have been very vocal and clear that I am single <laughs> and ready to mingle. <laughs> and <laughs> the reason I have been clear about that is because maybe y'all know my husband. Like, and y'all can put me on. So if y'all are listening, if, you know, take a look around, ask me whatever questions. But if you know an eligible, fine young man, put me on. And, and what's interesting is like, you have some things you really do have to say out loud because all people see is me working. So I've had guys who I may slide into a DM and they're, you know, they're always surprised, but a lot of times men, well, men are dumb. So let's just say that. But a lot of times if, if they see a woman on the move or her grind, they can't see themselves in her life. And it's like, dude, I can, it's called make room. It's called make time. I'll make it. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, go ahead. So dating advice, this, this is, this is where we are. Um, no, but you're absolutely right. It, it is about making time. And also, I mean, I get that comment a lot too. Like Tamara, you work so much. And I'm like, sis, I get eight to 10 hours of sleep a night. Like, yeah. You know what? Like, you know what's, Can I talk about that for a second? <laughs> I woke up this morning 
whenever I woke up. I went to bed really late because I have insomnia, but I also woke up this morning and Tamara's on Instagram, like, top of the morning to you. So I had this chat today. <laughs> And I'm like, you are one of the only people I know that works as hard as you do, but that be sleep as fuck. <laughs> you be getting your rest, okay? And I just be so jealous. <laughs> Yo, if there's one thing about Tamara, she going to sleep. I'm going to sleep. Look, okay. She going to put in that work, but she's also I'm going a, to sleep. I'm going to put in the work, but I know when it's time to just shut it down. You know, you know right. I... I think that's just one of my non-negotiables when it comes to building my business. It's just like, you know, I didn't go into business to hate my life and Mm. whatever that looks like for me, then that is how we're going to set it up. Right. So like, I don't take business calls on Fridays. You know, my, my, no, not like, not even for me. She'll be like, okay, well hit, hit the schedule. And um, <laughs> click the link in my bio right. to set up a discovery call. Like that literally was a non-negotiable for me. I'm not taking any, any calls on a Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Like my office hours are from 10 to five. Um, you know, I, I start working at six o'clock, you know, on certain days. Sometimes, sometimes I only work the first four hours that I'm up. So yeah. if, if I get up at 6.30, for me, I don't really have a morning routine. I just start working from seven to 12. I know I shut down at 12 o'clock and sometimes like that could be it. Right. Yeah. So I'm giving myself the space to say, let me work on my main priorities now while I'm mm-hmm. in my highest peak of productivity so that I don't have to stress or feel like, you know, I am behind or feel like, oh my God, now I have to put in long hours back to back to back in order to feel some level of success like that for me that's yeah. just that's, that's one that's one of the things i love about you you are so disciplined in that area like you are so disciplined and i just have to say i admire that because i am that's something that i struggle with and my grandmother always says you should she told me this from the beginning of starting my business you have to now that you get to chart your own course and set your schedule, you have to create a beginning, a middle, and end to your day. Mm-hmm. So I think have I have to commend you because you, you do yeah. such a great job. Thank you. I mean, you have to, right? Like, e- even though it's a, it's a non-traditional path, right? It, it's still a path mm-hmm. that you have to, to run. Like, you're the right. only person doing this, right? And so if your engine is not running if your tank is low like how are you going to be able to show up for yourself for your clients right how are you going to show up for you know your community this husband that y'all about the city yes right like there's no there's no way that you're going to be able to do that so for me like i prioritize getting you know my eight to ten hours of sleep yeah every night if i can that diverted but i'm all here for it (laughs) So I'm going to ask you, you know, you're certainly reaping rewards of what you've done over the past nine years, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's been through, you know, years of blood, sweat, tears, and really just tenacity and resiliency, something that we talked about before this Mm -hmm. interview. Um, And so what mantras or personal affirmations do you say to yourself, if you have any? Um, in order for you to like keep going, keep pushing. You know, I got some. 
<laughs> um, the, uh, an important one that I'm reminded of now, as we just face an uncertain time or as we're working on different things, it's, it takes as long as it takes. Like sometimes it, it just takes as long as it takes. You may have an idea of, okay, I'm going to launch this thing this time and you may continue working on it you, or you may have to continue working on it. You may face setbacks, etc. On the flip side of that, there is my favorite done is better than perfect. I am a recovering perfectionist. I used to think being a perfectionist was like the best thing to tell people. But what I learned is when you are a, are a perfectionist, your best work lives in your head. Nobody, you never let anybody see it. You never put it out into the world because the minute you do, it's, it's not as perfect as it was in your mind. So I have gotten into the um, mindset of done is better than perfect because okay I've gotten it how much more perfect can it be other than when it's complete like it's complete put it out and only when you put it out and allow feedback can you think of ways that it could have been improved mm -hmm. but a lot of times we complete something and we just sit and look at it and we look at it and we hold it and it doesn't change as we're holding on to it. It can only change once it's in a new environment, once you put it out there. And then lastly, so the, the two ways, it takes as long as it takes, done is better than perfect. And the third one is bloom where you're planted. Every position I've been in, I've tried to, and even now in the middle of a pandemic where my business is taking a hit, I'm really trying to sit with God or sit with whatever is coming to me because I feel like I'm getting these signs and it's scaring me a little bit how clear and vivid they are. But it's really trying to say, to look at this time even as I'm going through things as a gift. And to really look at it as this is, you know, to, to lean on that quote, bloom where you're planted, it's fresh soil. So what am I gonna, what seeds am I gonna sow? at this time that that can bear fruit later mm, that was that was good i'm gonna let that breathe for, for like a second that was real good and also with when it comes to perfection another thing that i like to say that i'll add on to that is that perfection is another form of procrastination because it allows you to say, no, like, let me just tweak this just a little bit more, just a little bit more. And now all of a sudden, that opportunity to release it is gone. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, so yeah, perfection is another form of procrastination, for sure. And also, your first draft is going to be trash. So you might as well just release it, right? It's, it's not going to be the masterpiece that we think it's going to be. Sometimes we can't even recognize our own masterpieces, though. That's another conversation for another time. You know, <laughs> you know sometimes we, we don't know how good we are. So the first drive actually might hit. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, you know, you, you don't know because you are in your body, you are in your head, but I like a, a, an example and you'll know this, like I'll just tweet my thoughts and people, they will resonate so much with people. But to me, it was just kind of like something that was kind of passing through at the moment. And it was like, okay, maybe this is something I'm dealing with, or maybe I'm trying to reassure myself. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm not thinking 
I'm not putting a lot of weight or pressure on it, but it's the thing that may get somebody else through a moment that they're experiencing. So I think we have to, and Jill Scott said this, this the other night, stop holding on to your work, like creative people, writers, like put it out there. You have to really um, you have to really yeah because it's it's not even you know and she was like it's not yours anymore and i think that we are a lot of us with with everything that you're doing all the steps that it took for you to get where you are it's like sometimes we can't see just how in alignment we are like we are so in alignment with the things that we should be doing that I think when you get that gut feeling or something, a thought comes up for you and you do a lot of sharing on your Insta stories and on your, on your profile. And I think those are thoughts that literally just come to you in that moment and you allow them to, to come out. It's like, they may not always come out perfect, but those are thoughts that were given specifically to us. So we need to allow ourselves sometimes to be a vessel. We don't know what the impact will be, but why would, like done is better than perfect. Why did that stick with me so much? And then I'm just like, oh, okay, let me just start sharing my own battle with perfectionism and my own, let people see me kind of put stuff out there that are, that are rough drafts or me start my podcast with a laptop and earbuds and just say, F it, it's out. And that inspired other people to start podcasts that are super popular today, just because they heard that seven minute episode titled done is better than perfect mm -hmm. with me just saying, here is where I am. Can you hear me? <laughs> Good. <laughs> we in here. I think, I think also, I mean, the last thing and before I, I go to the next question is that, you know, our purpose isn't necessarily to know if it has impact, our purpose is just to release it, right? Mm. There's almost, you know, and not to get emotional, but it's almost like you get a spiritual download when mm -hmm. you can feel that you are in so, you're in so much alignment that if you do not share it, it's almost like there's a, there's a pain in your gut. I was about to say, you can't move on. It's like, you can't even move on. It's like, if I do not release this, I, I'm going to lose it because mm -hmm. there is something in me that I feel like I have to share, even if it doesn't even make sense. And I think that's why a lot of us aren't so connected to our intuition because there are a lot of outside forces and even internally where we pretty much quelch, you know, that intuition, that, that gut feeling, because we don't necessarily have very concrete signals or signs like this makes sense, right? Intuition doesn't necessarily make sense. Like it, it, it goes beyond understanding. Mm-hmm right? It goes beyond understanding. And, and sometimes all it takes is a feeling, right? Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of what happened when you decided to launch your business. That's what happened when I decided to leave Macy's, when I decided mm -hmm. to move to DC. It was a feeling that said to me, if I do not do this now, mm. when will I be able to do this again? And will I regret not acting on this? Right. I have to say, I'm in that space right now. I'm, I'm right there. 
because I, I, like I said, I feel like this time is a gift, but I had given myself a timeline for something that was within the next two years. <laughs> and God was like, what about now? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, hold up, you know? So I'm in that space right now. And that's why I'm trying to like lean on that faith and trust and in alignment and know that like, I wasn't brought this far, you know, to, to just be left here or to, I, I wasn't, I didn't come this far to come this far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can preach for the next hour. <laughs> we're not going to do that. So, all right. I have two more questions. Okay. So we're, we're kind of on this path of like listening to your intuition you know, hitting a certain level of success, now feeling like, okay, what's next? Also, you know, there, there's a special dynamic when you are a Black woman trying mm -hmm. to, you know, traverse the entrepreneurial journey or even just in a traditional nine to five. And so what would you say is maybe one or two things that you've learned over the years? Mm. <laughs> one or two, one or two mm -hmm. um, that you've learned or overcome just as a black woman in PR mm. and in entrepreneurship, like even, even at this level of success, understanding that there's so much more to come, but even just to get here. Ooh, I'm about to, I'm about to get my, my head off my shoulders. Um, I think, and, and this is something, a lesson that came back to me recently is that as a black, as, as anybody in business, but as a black woman in business, you're going to be faced with a lot of bullshit, plain and simple. And I think the biggest lesson for me, and I, a lot of people challenge me in these moments where, you know, people have maybe done something wrong to me or business, it just wasn't what it was supposed to be. I think you have to be gracious when no one deserves it. You have to be gracious when no one deserves it. You have, I have to say it again, you have to be gracious when the person that you're on the phone with, the person that you're meeting with, when the person that you're negotiating with, trying to fight for your business with, they don't deserve your graciousness. That is when you need to extend grace. And a lot of times people are like, these people have done this, 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 and this, and yet you are still doing the work or being stellar or showing up in a way that benefits them. That's because that's my commitment to myself as a businesswoman. That's my commitment to my clients, no matter what's happening toward the, let's say the end of a contract or the end of that journey is y'all can show y'all ass. I'm not, I'm going to do my job. I may be in the background fussing and fighting. I may be mad. I may be venting to friends, but at the end of the day, I'm going to do my job. So that's, that's, the most the important one, especially at this time when you may want to curse everybody out. <laughs> um, and, and the other one is really, you are going to have all kinds of doubts and fears, but you have to be able to return to a place where you believe in yourself. You have to be able to return to a place where you know that you are the glue 
that you are the blueprint, that you are the missing puzzle piece, that you are the added value to whatever situation you or your business is a part of. You have to, I don't care if people, if everybody fires you, if all your clients fire you, if all your customers stop purchasing today, if you have no business for the next however many months or up to a year, you have to still know that you are still the shit. Them leaving, and I said this in my last episode, remember who you are, but when things leave you, people, opportunities, whatever, you remain the same. They don't walk away with the, your value. They don't walk away with your level of expertise and years of experience and knowledge. You still have all of that. So as you are laying in this puddle of tears, as we do from time to time, you have to, as, as those tears start to dry, let the knowledge that you still hold all that got you where you are, you still possess all of that. Um, and let that carry you to, you know, your next goal or your next um, accolade. Yeah. And also, you know, a rejection is God's protection. We, we may not necessarily <sighs> know it when it immediately happens. And most of the yeah. time, we actually don't right it's usually in hindsight where we're like you know what god we definitely dodged that bullet because we want what we want and i know i do like i want what i want <laughs> and that's opportunities that's whatever it's like I, this is this is what i want but i'm always able again to see the alignment after the fact to see how the dots connected after the fact um and also be grateful for the opportunity that you had even if it's gone what an amazing, like when I, I had a client um, at the end of last year who just didn't renew the contract. And I mean, we did amazing work for them, but it was like, I'm thinking about all that I've been able to do when I was, when I represented them, like I was able to grow my business. I was able to scale my team. I was able to, you know, use that opportunity to get other opportunities. I was able to get office space, the office that I'm sitting in right now. So it's about focusing on what we can be grateful for and how that opportunity, even though it may have ended, look at all that happened in between and to be, to be grateful for it. Like I'm, I'm just grateful for, for everything. You know, I, I'm going to end it there because that was just a, an amazing way to wrap up um, the interview session. And I know like we've been on here for like, I'm here. We've been here for for a minute. Yeah. So thank you so much just for sharing your truth, um, your honesty, the jokes. <laughs> um, I would love to open it up for a few moments of Q and A. So if you have any questions, please um, share it in the chat. Or actually, I don't think people ready to turn their camera on to me. No. <laughs> She's about to have y'all. Everybody turn your camera on. <laughs> I want to see your face. I want to see your face. No. That, if I was y'all, that's when I'd be like, thank you. Click. <laughs> Not doing this with you today. <laughs> you was looking like camera time. No. <laughs> 
Takita, you know me so well. Yeah, because um, I, I know the vibes. Like, you play too much. You was, you was about to turn everybody's camera on. Like, any, oh, this is actually a really good question. This is from, I want to make sure that I'm saying it right. Um, Bodara, is, is there like an accent? Because I love to make sure. You just threw a little I did feel like that. a <laughs> Oh, Bodara, okay. <laughs> well, how you say it? <laughs> made that thing sexy so the question about the books man you want to I, I, got, I got i got three that i always um recommend and it's the dip by seth godin i'll type it in the chat i'll type it in okay the, the dip the dip at uh by seth godin that book is about 88 pages and you can read it in a day. But when I was thinking about quitting my job to start my business, that book talks about knowing when to quit or when to stick. Like, you know, quitting has like this bad connotation, but Seth says, if you are not prepared to be, try to be the best in the world at something, don't do it. Quit, walk away, whatever. That book is fantastic. The other book is The Secret. Mm -hmm. um, that book, I, one of my coaches, I played lacrosse for, for Howard, gave that book to me and it really changed how I, in a way, how I speak about things and how, you know, how we can manifest. That really started me to my awareness on manifestation and how we can speak life into ourselves, into others, and how we can speak ourselves into opportunities. Mm -hmm. And then the last book that I always recommend is called The 50th Law. Mm. And it's by 50 Cent and Robert Greene. So Robert Greene wrote The 48 Laws of Power. He partnered with 50 Cent to create The 50th Law. This book is all about fear. And it talks about how after 50 Cent almost died by being shot nine times, how he became the fearless artist and entrepreneur that he is. It talks about how he would go into boardrooms, like how he negotiated his vitamin water deal when everybody else was getting terrible deals, how he would walk out of meetings if the, the terms just didn't suit him. It's, it's coming to a place of, I don't need these things but if it, if it works let's make it work mm -hmm. um it it doesn't excuse him being an asshole today but <laughs> if but if you if you read that book it's so and i if i ever get a chance to talk to 50 cent i that will be what i talk to him about because it was that good um and i, I think I, I may need to reread it because if you once you read it you'll understand why he don't care about anything, why he will say anything, do anything, he will go up against anybody because he believes in himself, but he's also like, I almost died. Mm. There's death and then there's all these other things that we fear losing or that we just fear in general that don't compare to the finality of death. Mm -hmm. So those three books are the books that I recommend all the time. Those are actually three really great books, and I actually have not read any of them, surprisingly, believe it or not. Start with the dip. It's going to make you love it. I'll read the dip. I've tried <laughs> to read a few Seth Godin books, and I just... The the dip is... is That's going to be the one I'm telling you. Okay. I've, I've, read no, a number, I, I've read a number of his books, but the, the dip for you, yeah. yeah. You're going to be a whole different beast after... <laughs> after 
don't, I don't, how many levels of beast can I, I throw? You'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised. <laughs> no, 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 no. Actually, I just finished reading The One Thing. So, mm-hmm. so my book recommendations, I think it may be more than three, but um, The One Thing, I thought that was really great. The One Thing speaks to how you can do more with less and focus on one thing. And that one thing doesn't necessarily mean that's your one thing for the rest of your life, but how that one thing can actually be the the launching pad to release other things. So it starts from the one thing, focusing on that, getting so good that people pretty much cannot ignore you and that's where your success comes from. So the one thing was really, really great. I read it in three days. You are a badass. A lot of people name this book, but for me, I read it the first time I read You Are a Badass and it's by Jen Sincero. I read it, I want to say the year before I moved to DC. So I, I, I was in a very, very uh, precarious time in my life. I didn't know what was next. I read that book. I read it. I remember when I first read the book, I was on the four train. Four train in New York is gross, y'all. Okay. <laughs> it's gross. It's nasty. Kalia, Kalia will second me on that. And I was in tears. Tears because of this book. Um, if you if you've never read the book or heard of the book, it pretty much details how you can manifest, visualize what you desire and the things that you need to do in order to get it. Um, And also how you can change your limiting beliefs. So a lot of us, there are a lot of beliefs that were uh, pretty much imposed upon us growing up. um, And we don't realize how much those beliefs actually impact who we are in adulthood and how we pretty much have to unlearn and then relearn new beliefs in order to be become more effective in our lives. Um, and so I loved You Are a Badass. Um, Big Magic is another one. Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, it pretty much, I would say, is, again, pursuing your desires, manifestation, um, understanding that um, it's okay to work while you are pursuing entrepreneurship, right? So we know that in order for creativity, in order to grow and cultivate, it cannot um, grow in a an anxious or anxiety-ridden state. Like, yes, we get stressed and all of that, but it will not thrive if you are always stressing about, okay, how am I going to pay my bills? And so actually for the first couple of years that I was in business, I had several part-time jobs um, because I did not want to put stress or resentment onto, you know, this new path that I was journeying on. So uh, Big Magic is another one. My so-called freelance life is really good because it actually speaks about the business part of entrepreneurship. So, you know, Taxes, mm-hmm. make your money, contracts. Um, we'll, we need to put that, we'll need to put that in the... In the yeah, because, because contracts, like... Girl. <laughs> I mean, we got stories for days. I mean, I... I yeah. I think I see one more question, yeah. and this is going to be the last one because I have to head out. Yeah, same. 
Um, so when did you know that you needed help within your business and how did you manage being organized and confident enough to lead a team? I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, um, take that. As, as we started getting more clients, and as the scope of work increased, like I, in the beginning of my business, and I think still now, even with a small team, I do the work and my team does the work of like a small army. Like we're able to be nimble and, and do a lot. But like Tamara said, that that's a choice. And I had to learn how to ask for help. And as, you know, billing started to increase, um, I had to realize, okay, you have the resources now to be able to bring on um, a team, whether it's independent contractors or part-time assistants, mm -hmm. but to let people in because it's like, I didn't, I didn't necessarily start this business for it to just be me. Right. You know? Um, and I think when it comes to being a leader, that's something I'm learning and get learning every day and getting better at, um, every day um, because I think I would get one of the, the biggest lessons for me in managing other people is that there's there's going to be few people that match my energy in terms of match my energy and my passion for this business I created this business they did not mm -hmm. they may believe in me they may be here to support me or maybe just to work with the brands that I work with so I have to be mindful of how I approach it. Like they may be productive, but I feel like, okay, I can get more out of them, but it's like getting more out of somebody and expecting them to be the beast that you are. You can't expect that in, in your team. And it's okay that they're not like you because you can focus on their strengths and what they bring to the table. But I am actively, um, and I, and I ask for feedback from my team a lot because I've had to grow. Like, I don't want, you know, to ever turn someone off because of how hard I'm going and am I creating or cultivating an environment that they feel that they can make mistakes in, that they feel that they can ask me questions and that, that they feel that they're learning and growing and thriving alongside me. That's the type of place that I want to cultivate. So in order to do that, I have to constantly be learning and growing and evolving myself. Mm -hmm. And also um, just to kind of add on to that, uh, I, I think a lot of people sometimes go into, into business thinking that they need to hire people, mm. you know, like, oh, now it's time for me to build a team. No, it's not, it's not necessary. Sometimes it's just hiring an independent contractor. Right. right. Um, and also writing out all of your tasks. So mm -hmm. for me, I like to look at it as structurally, you know, what task am I doing right now that is pulling me away from being in my creative zone of genius, right? So that is a question that I ask myself. And once I write down those tasks, I then say to myself, okay, can I outsource this to someone? And if I outsource this, does this allow me to have more time so that I can focus on offering an amazing client experience and so that I am always in that creative zone of genius? Or is it something that I can still do myself and maybe find a tool to automate it or schedule, right? Like everyone's always like, oh, I want to hire a social media manager. It's like, no, you can just use Planoly, mm -hmm. $9.99 right. um, and schedule your content. Sit down for three hours and schedule your content for the month, right? Um, so understanding like you don't necessarily have to immediately run out 
and hire someone just to say, yeah, I have this person on my team because it can end up being a drain on your business as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, something that can help you grow your resources. Well, this was fantastic. This is great, y'all. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Can you please tell people how they can find you? Sure. On Twitter and Instagram at Miss Success. It's M-I-S-S Success. And also you can check out the hashtags and stilettos podcast um, on iTunes and SoundCloud. All right. Thank you so much, ladies. I truly appreciate you. I love you guys so much, Sakita. I'll see you on the gram. Please stay (laughs) in New York City. Yes. Bye. Peace out, everyone. And on that note, this wraps up another edition of Real Talk with Tamara. Real talk for real women. If you like what you've heard, please share with Reckless Abandon. And don't forget to follow on iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss out on the next episode. Until next time, remember to grind with grace and love. Peace and do you, boo.